Good morning, everyone. Well, by now, uh, I trust that you have had a very uh, successful and uh, fun camp. Uh, the things went well. The weather has been excellent. I'd like to say to you that I'm sitting in sunny Queensland, uh, enjoying the great surrounds. Uh, but the truth is I'm not. I'm right here in my office uh, on Thursday morning, just before 10 o'clock. <laughs> I'm delighted to be with you. I'm, I'm grateful that we can do this sort of a thing uh, via technology. And uh, yes, welcome. Welcome to any of you who are new with us uh, uh, at this camp. Great that you can be with us. We, we are thrilled to have visitors, new people, always with us trust and I trust that you've had a very special camp. I would like to say thank you to those who organised this camp. Thank you very much, Chris, uh, Ryan, I know Ian's contributed a bit, uh, Jody for, for anything you've done. Uh, yeah, we're just very grateful that you made this happen. So please accept my word of thanks. I'm going to lead us through a little uh, message for, for the next 15 or 20 minutes or so. And I'm going to talk about well, continue to talk about really the theme of the camp uh, so far, which is bodybuilding. I've had a bit of an experience with bodybuilding recently. I uh, realized that as my midlife is approaching, that I'd better start working out again as I used to in my younger years. So I started training. I in a very basic but determined exercise regime. Uh, I go for a run uh, three to four times a week and at each time that I go for a run I, I pause and I uh, do some workouts, some sit-ups, some push-ups, uh, some squats <clears throat> with a few basic weights and so forth. And here's the one thing that I have the Come reacquainted with, I guess. I know this from my earlier years, and it's this working out hurts. <laughs> it really hurts. Yeah, I, I think Laura must have laughed here in the office uh, on the first Wednesday after I uh, started all these workouts because, you know, every now and again with the open door here between us, you know, if I'd get up from my chair like this, it'd just be like that. Oh, man, you know, I'd grab on, onto, a, onto a leg or a something because, well, the truth is my muscles ached like nothing, you know, ever before. I, I, and I'm confident it wasn't this bad when I was younger. They hurt. And the reason they hurt, of course, is because if we want to grow a muscle, if I want to strengthen a muscle, um, I, I have to work that muscle. Hypertrophy, I think, is the correct word. Alison helped me out this week. I had to seek a bit of advice on, on the science of workout and working out muscles and so forth. Um, hypertrophy, I think, is the, right, yeah, the way you say the word correctly. It is the science of saying that if I want to grow and strengthen a certain muscle, what I've got to do is I've got to put a certain strain on it. I've got to work out, and, and there's some workout science that work with it, uh, to say that if I want this muscle to, to toughen up, I've got to work it. In a sense, I've got to cause it some, some pain. 
some, some exertion, give it some challenge that lies beyond what it's able to handle. Break it a bit first in order that in the rest and the recovery periods, it can grow stronger and I can get the result that I want. Here's my question for us then. If, if, if that is true with our physical body, would it be true for the body of Christ? The gathered people, the group whom he calls his church. Would it be true that if that body is to grow, if it is to develop, if it is to become something, would it be true that it too needs to be worked? It too needs to be caused some uh, some pain. It needs to be uh, <laughs> strained, exerted in the interest of building it and growing it collectively and corporately? That's a good question. Well, I think the answer is very much yes, it does. The verses we read this morning from uh, Ephesians uh, pointed to us in some very real ways, I think, how God wants to and seeks to work his body, the church. I want to take you to four of those things that we get in the first six verses of, of, of Ephesians. Here they are. Humility that translates into gentleness. How many times have you been in a place as part of belonging to a church where you're in a situation or in a relationship with someone where the successful outcome of a, of a challenge that you're facing is going to require you being gentle with that person or that group. Or that you would need to show some humility. And you see, this is God's way of working with it. If you need to grow and if we as a group need to grow in being gentle with each other, he's going to put us into situations that requires that, right? That's the work that he's going to give us. Here's another one. It talks about patience in the, in the verses in, uh, in Ephesians, right? How often does God put us in situations where we want to rush? We want to say, well, we're going to get this done quickly, right? How often is it that we want to uh, have someone get to meet Jesus or know Jesus or encounter Jesus and we expect quick results for what we're putting in and God says, no, this is a slow process, a slow process of love, a slow process of growth, discipleship. People growing as disciples is a slow process, requires patience, right? God works that muscle of patience for us. Paul talks in Ephesians in the first few verses, he says, bear with one another. God wants to give us or grow in us a willingness to put up with different people. That person that is so different, these people who are so different, who annoy you, who often frustrate you, you know what they really are? They're a workout for you. <laughs> often, ironically, we think of people who are different from us, who frustrate us as, as, as uh, you know, they're not a godsend. They're, 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 they're objects 
or, or obstacles, obstructions in the, in the way of the working of God's grace. Not so at all. God places in his church and in our church people who often are different from us, who often frustrate us, not to obstruct his purposes, but in fact to fulfill them, to work our muscle of bearing with one another in love, growing the muscle of humility, growing the muscle of selfless gentleness and kindness to those who are different from us. Last thing that we get in the first few verses is keep the unity of the Spirit. God wants to work out the muscle of unity in His church. He wants to create in each of us, in our entire church, a, a passion for the unity of our church. A deep, deep passion for that, I might add. How does he do that? How does he work the muscle of unity to have strong unity muscles? He gives us, again, diversity. <laughs> uh, people who are different from us uh, brings together a whole bunch of people from different backgrounds, different races, different um, yeah, ethnic backgrounds, socioeconomic backgrounds, uh, ages, genders, personalities, you name it. Brings them all together and say, you ought to have passion for unity. How do I get that? I make you more diverse. He works that out. And as pathway continues to grow, this muscle will continue to be worked out. The more we grow, the greater our diversity, and the deeper our need for the muscle of unity. Right? So those are some things, you know, humility, persistence, willingness to put up with different people, passion for the unity of the church. There's lots more that God seeks to work out in the life of the church. But those are four things that we get from, from just Ephesians chapter uh, 4, verses 1 to 6. You might say, though, that's cool. I get that and I agree with it in theory. But you know what? What if I can't handle it? What if the way God is, is trying to work me seems just a bit too much. And you might say that for, 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 for uh, challenges or work out, working out of muscles that you find corporately as a church uh, to do with church life, the, 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 the collective body. Or you might even say that in your life individually. You say, you know, well, God's kind of working me through a circumstance in my life, maybe an illness, maybe a, a, a strained relationship, maybe, uh, yeah, just. Uh, your children, your singleness, your who knows what it is. There are so many things, right? So many afflictions, so many challenges that um, that are working us. Yeah, you can apply this to that as well, and you might look at all of those and say, "I feel this is too much." There's a term in bodybuilding, I believe, uh, called overtraining, and the, Overtraining, here's a quote uh, from Dr. Google. Overtraining is a common problem in weight training, but it can also be experienced by runners and other athletes. It occurs when the volume and intensity of the exercise exceeds an individual's recovery capacity. Get that? The volume and intensity of the exercise exceeds the individual's 
recovery capacity. You might say the volume and intensity of what happens in my life or what happens in our church just exceeds our capacity to recover uh, and to build up muscle through this. It's too much. And, you know, the result is uh, these athletes cease making progress and they lose strength and fitness. That's it. They stop growing. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a negative effect. They don't get stronger. They get weaker. Do you feel like that? Have you felt like that as a church? Have we as a church felt like that in the past? May we feel like that in the future? These are good questions. Overtraining, what do we do with that? And how does God help his body when its muscles are worked very hard? Well, I guess I'd like to say to you at this point that you know, I'd like to quote, quote some scripture verses or wisdom to say that God will never give you more than you can handle. But I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true, church. I think in the ways and wisdom and providence of God, he always gives us more than we can handle alone. Have you ever watched weightlifters? I, I'm not a big weightlifting guy, but in my earlier days, I did do weightlifting. And at one point, I had a, you know, a personal trainer. And, and, and the thing about weightlifting that they always drilled into us at the start was you never lift weights alone, right? You don't lift weights alone. If you're going to work a muscle, if you're going to exert it and put on it more than it can really handle, well, there really needs to be a, a spotter, really, is what we call it, or whatever else you want to call it. But essentially, someone else, where if, if I'm lying down on the, on, on the bench to do the bench pressing, you know what? There's someone there who's got his hands on that bar, and when I get to the third rep and, and, and I'm the third set, and, and, and you know the, the last few reps, I can't lift that because it's beyond me. I, I, my muscles are exerted beyond what they can handle. It's that person's job, first of all, to stand there throughout it and to encourage me and to say, come on, one more. You can do it. I know you can do it. And when I struggle and my muscles quake and I, I physically can't do it, you know, and it's going to fall me, on, my, on, me, on my throat and it's going to choke me, what does he do? He just helps me that little bit until I get that right up, yeah? Until I do that last two and that last three. And here's the thing, church. I think God does that with us in life. He expects that there should be spotters for us in life, right? With the things that we need to deal with. And God's spotters... <laughs> In, in the Christian life, in the Christian walk, is called the church. God has gifted, we read in Ephesians 1 verse 7, uh, to each one grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. And, and we didn't, we read that a little bit later on. I'm not going to unpack it in detail, but basically Paul says to the Ephesian church, you know, God has given you as a church a range of gifts you know what the purpose of that gifts is? It is to help each other become the body who we need to come. To be spotters for each other. So the God people are prepared for works of service 
that the body of Christ might be built up. You need me and I need you. Our body, church body, will not grow alone. We cannot work the muscles of our church body alone. It's the way God designed it. It's the way God works. It is how we handle the things that are beyond our abilities. And we do so together. Listen to this quote from a man called Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He's a Christian who uh, was persecuted by the Nazis during the Second World War. Here's what he says, and, and really take it in. It's a, it's a stunning quote. Um, God has willed that we should seek and find his living word in the witness of a brother or a sister. The Christian needs another Christian who speaks God's word to him. He needs him again and again when he becomes uncertain and discouraged. The Christ in his own heart is weaker than the Christ in the word of his brother. His own heart is uncertain. His brother's is sure. Did you get that? The Christ in your own heart is often weaker than the Christ in the heart of your brother or your sister. The Christ in your heart is often weaker than the Christ in the heart of your spotter. Your ability to lift the weight at any particular moment is often weaker than the ability of your spotter who's standing there to help you. That's why you need them. That's why you need to be one as well, by the way. It's not just a receiving thing, it's a giving thing. Can I be a spotter? Be a word bringer and a word speaker to the others. So that our body might be built up together as children of Christ. God is good in that he has given us to each other. And ultimately, God is fantastic that he has given all of us to himself, to Christ, the ultimate spotter, because of whom and in whose strength we can lift each other up. Can I encourage you today, if you're new to church, if you're new to God or faith or whatever may have brought you along to this camp. Um, maybe you are being overtrained. Life is overtraining you. You're not making any progress in life. Uh, you're stuck. Your, your muscles are actually degenerating and getting worse. And I encourage you to look to the church. I, I, have, I have friends, I have one particular friend at the moment who I'm convinced life for her should be a lot better. If she was part of a loving community who sought to support her, to help her lift the weights that are on her at the moment, that will actually grow her and make her flourish. Maybe you're that person this morning. And I encourage you to uh, come along on Sunday mornings to what we do. It's a great place where we actually help lifting weights, but also other ways in just forming relationships or getting to know people who know Jesus, getting get to know Christians. Uh, let them spot for you uh, uh, the weights that you need to lift in your life. Let me finish up then. I'm going to wrap. Uh, I want to just read some words from the last words of, of, of what we read this morning in, in Ephesians. And 
I'm not going to explain them. I just want you to grasp their, their blessing of what happens to a body that spots for each other and builds each other up through the gifts, right? Here's what happens. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then, once we are strong as a body, we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Please pray with me. Father, thank you so much for your body, the church on earth. Lord, there is no other body like it, none. It is unique. There is none in which people love each other to this extent, people care for each other to this extent, People are willing to put up with each other and are zealous for unity. And the reason we have that, Jesus, is not because of us, because of you. You are the one who holds and supports and keeps everything together. Forgive us for the times where we do not act as your body. Forgive us for the times when we do not seek to be grown. And Lord, lead us to a point where we, one and all, seek to be worked out, strengthened, to become an incredibly loving body, truly exceptional, and a witness to the outside world of anyone who do not know, does not know you, Jesus, of just how good it is to be a part of your kingdom. Pray for that in the name of Jesus. Amen.